I was going to start off with a really nice Christian inspiring beginning for you all. I thought, it's too hot. Anyone do park run? I did my second park run yesterday. Could be my last, but I did my second. <laughs> and I get that stuff, all right? It's great. You know, you go down there, a bit of a muck around, run around for a while, it's healthy, keeps you healthy and well. I get that, right, park run? I can get that in my head. Fun run? I cannot come to that concept. I tell you what, whoever came up with that is a marketing genius. To con us all in the fact that you go for a run, you bust your guts for 20, 30 minutes, 5, 10, 20k, you're pouring with sweat like I was yesterday, and that was before I started, and you're pouring with sweat when you get back. Whoever goes, boy, that was fun. Let's do that one again. No one, no one does that. It's a fun run, what a load of rubbish. You guys started me on that too, by the way. In fact, in fact, now that you started me on it, some fact. There's nothing in the Bible that talks about fun run, all right? Nothing. It talks about enjoy life. God expects us to enjoy life, absolutely. It talks about run the good race. We all know that. It even talks about run the race to the end. It doesn't say fun run. In fact, you all know Moses, guy that parted the water, we all know him well. Even when God called him, he only came forth. Gee, you're a tough audience, I tell you. Okay, fourth, get it? You probably got a participation ribbon, but don't start me on those either. Participation ribbons. The series we start, so right beyond here, we like to pull things apart. It's a little bit like a Netflix series, all right? Each part of the series leads to the next one. There's only one difference. At the end of Netflix, we all go, gee, what happens next? Is there another series? Beyond, we have an end. All right. Today, we're into part two, part two of it. Last week in part one, Chris spoke to us about the different phases we go through life. Now, not just with your children, marriage, relationships, but that whole gamut and transition of life. There are phases. Could be kids in preschool, kids in primary school, middle school, high school, and so on, right? There are phases. And he posted this question for us, one of them. Do my priorities line up with the story I want to write for my family? Now, when you're in business, you're writing business plans, customer service plans, right? Things like that. I know exactly what my customers expect from me, generally. If you're a teacher, you're writing curriculum all the time. Your lessons lead towards something, don't they? When it comes to life and our families, Chris was showing us we don't really sit back and reflect and take that time. And how important is it in the family? So when you're coming through and you've got young preschool children or younger, what is it I would need them to know about life? What is it I need to know them about God as a Christian? And when they move to primary school, I don't know too many of us that get there and say, okay, family meeting, everyone, come on in, I'll pull out the review. This is what our goals and objectives were. Now, I'm not saying we need to go to that level, but we do need to. And Chris posed that issue to us about going through the phase and how important it is. Today, I'm taking that the step further, the fight that matters. All right? The fight that matters. Looks a little bit daunting there. I wasn't sure whether I should put boxing gloves up there, so please no one take offence to that. I thought that was just a little topical to it. And we're going to talk about that, and a lot of that comes 
conflict. And again, many of you that know me know that conflict's my middle name, generally because I cause it, all right? I'm dealing with conflict all the time. And one of the things I've come to learn, and the other consultants will disagree, perhaps, we always go into a negotiation generally and we're always told by the books, get a win-win, go for a win-win. I've learned, I shouldn't say rubbish, that's not always correct. What you need to go in and say, what am I prepared to sacrifice to get the outcome? All right, what am I prepared? It's the fight that matters. There's good old Claire from Modern Families, if anyone's watched it, great show, love it, all right? She's in the car fighting with the kids and it's probably over something really serious about didn't get lunch ready, what are they having for dinner tonight, what's going on at the movies, and Claire's falling into that trap, you know what, I've had it, I'm just going to fight the battle, I don't care, I'm going to win, all right? It drives us mad, but that's life, all right? That's everyday life. I can give you a real life example, and some of you may have already gone through this, is that you tend to find some days, some weeks, I've had some months, where you just go from one battle to the next. Life is just a constant battle. It's just a matter of who with. All right? I'll give you one example more, and this goes back a while. I wake up in the morning, right? We'd had a bit of a party the night before. Debbie's a nurse, so she's up early for the shift. I get up. First conversation, you forgot to put the dishwasher on. Okay, just grab another dish. No, no, you don't get it. I've been up and I've had to hand wash these dirty dishes. Just get another dish. No, it's okay for you. Don't blame me for the dishes being not... I didn't blame anyone, just get another dish. Kids start to get up, right? Number one child gets up. Whoa. Dad, got an assignment you. Oh, Fantastic. How's it going? Oh, I need a little bit of help from you. Excellent. When's it due? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay, what do you got? Well, I'm right up to the spot where it's got my name and student number. You're kidding me. What's wrong with you? Why isn't this done? You're too busy. What do you mean I'm too busy? Debbie steps in. Are you blaming someone else again? I'm not blaming anyone. You're blaming... I'm not blaming anyone. We move down to the next one. Child number three gets up. Potters around, 40-minute showers, all this type of rubbish. I'm looking at the time, I walk in and I go, Oi, time to leave for work? Oh, Dad, I need another 20 minutes for my hair, I can't get it right. For heaven's sake, 20 minutes? What is wrong with you? Put it in a ponytail. I don't care, brush your hair. All right, Debbie chimes in. Gee, you're disorganised this morning. And that's what it's like. You walk out the door, I'm yelling at everyone, just get in the car. We're fighting all the way to work. It's like, have a good day. Love you. <laughs> Into work, we go to fight the next battle, don't we? And life is just a constant battle. And what was it over? Dishwasher not put on. And assignment not on. Sorry, teachers. All right. Assignment not done. And hair not washed and I'm being late for work. Big deal. Me, I'm stressed out to the max. I wanted to be there on time today and it's just battle. And it's almost like you get there, you come home that night, you walk into the next battle, it gets to about 10 o'clock, you finally finish that last report and you think, Groundhog Day, it'll be the same tomorrow morning. Set the clock, bang, 6 o'clock comes, 
Same thing. Something I haven't done. Kids haven't done this. They're not out of the shower or they're fighting about it. And we go from battle to battle. right? For what? There's a guy in Nehemiah back in 500 BC with Jesus, or before Jesus on 500 BC and he was in prison in Persia which is Iran and he got released and he came back and the poor guy was put in charge of rebuilding the big Jerusalem walls okay the big fortress the holy city and if you can picture this was war-torn so there was holes everywhere it'd be like looking at this building and that wall's fallen down that's broken that's broken and that's broken all right and all the people are saying, what's the point of rebuilding? The enemy's trying to attack us. How do we protect ourselves? All right? What do we do in the battle? And Nehemiah says, of course, your enemies will always be there to attack you. They'll always be there. But we're posting guards at every entrance. We're posting guards at every hole in the wall we're posting them beside your families and we want you to fight for your families. We want you to fight for them because God says, if you fight for your families, I will fight for you and your families. Now, if you're not a Christian, you might be thinking, okay, it's one of these God verses, okay, I'll just sort of switch off for a minute here regardless of a Christian or not, how powerful is that? And why wouldn't you want to fight for your families? So if you're here for the first time or you're just dipping your toe in the water, please listen on to this because this relates to family in general. Fight for your families. But what does that mean? I was fighting with my family, but I wasn't fighting for them. See, everything changes when you learn to stop fighting and you fight for your family and not with them. Right? You fight for them. That sounds good. What does that mean? Fight for them. How do we do that? Right? Because life is a battle. Truth is, every family fights. I just went through that whole process for you and what it looks like. Right? One day one small window and I can just multitude window on window on window and we end up going through life with family it becomes about survival we're out of this mode of fighting for each other and it's just like please get me through this day even as a Christian the prayers aren't protect my family tell me what to tell them it's all about can you just get me through this day (laughs) please God no more problems clear the pathway and we need to fight because the truth is, every family will fight. But is it possible to fight in a way that honours the family? That honours God? It, 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 that's not an oxymoron to fight, but fight with honour? And what would that look like? What would that actually look like? In Matthew we know, and we all know this verse, even if you don't go to church I would imagine, that we have two great commands from Jesus and one is love God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. Right? And the second part is to love one another. 
Now again, if you're not a Christian, what a great command to love one another. All right? What does that look like in the family environment? Some of you will relate to this, and I was listening to a podcast the other week, and it was from a particular pastor, and I swear it was a mirror image of one of my conversations years ago, all right? Mirror image. He's got to go down to the shop. So he takes his daughter with him, they hop in the car, and he just feels something wrong. This is a teenage daughter, okay? Something wrong. So he gets into the car, they're driving down, and he goes, Honey, what, what's wrong? Nothing. Okay. They turn the music up, he drives a bit further. Now seriously, honey, what, what is the matter? Is there something going on? Oh, I'm okay. Gets to the point and he actually pulls the car over. He says, no, something is wrong. You're angry. Are you, are you angry with me? Is there something I've done? And the child goes, yes, there is. He says, great, I'm getting somewhere. He said, what's the matter? Oh, you wouldn't understand. Now seriously, tell me. What is the matter? I want to know why you are angry with me. And the child goes on to say, oh, well, there's a party coming up this weekend and I heard all of the kids talking about the playground and they said that Pastor John wouldn't approve of this type of party, so there's no point inviting the child. And the pastor, and again, I can replace myself in that same picture, says, gee whiz, I, I don't want that for my child. I don't want them to feel ostracised. I don't want them to feel like just because they go to church or I'm a pastor that they don't fit into society. Your heart bleeds. And so you sit there, and again, I can relate to this, and you go, okay. Was it one of those parties where there'd be lots of alcohol and probably abuse and people getting drunk? And the daughter goes, yeah, of course. They're all parties are like that. All right. And was it a party perhaps coming up where there might be some drugs, some substance abuse, little bits of that going on? And she said, oh, probably that usually happens at these parties. And if your daughter's old enough, this is the big scare for everyone. And is it one of those parties where, you know, good friends might go off somewhere secluded and who knows what happens, you know, one thing leads to another, they regret it the next day. And she said, oh, I guess it could happen. I've heard that happening. And he said, well, what's going on here? He said, do you actually want to go to that party? Because right? that's a battle. And he says, I know this is so hard for you, but we have rules, don't we? We have, we have some rules and values. And you were part of it, all right? You were part of these rules that we came up with to go through, right? You, you partake. And he said, do you want to change the rules? Is there a problem with these rules? And the surprising thing that comes from this that your children will say and that his child said was, no, Dad, I like those rules. I like those rules. the argument doesn't go away because you end up saying to them, okay, you can be as angry as you want with me, but we both know you can't go to that party. Yes, I know that. Doesn't stop them feeling awkward, does it? The easy thing to do, and let me tell anyone here, please, the worst thing you can do is be a friend to your child in that respect. 
you need to fight for the battle. And how do you do that? You do that with love. All right? Love, it's fiery. It's friction that comes from it. We don't like it. We don't like conflict. In fact, one of the things we're not good at dealing with is conflict and it's very healthy for but this is it. It's so easy we get caught up in all the battles of life. Should we go to McDonald's? Why can't I have McDonald's? I want the Happy Meal. Why can't I go to the movies late? It's rated M. I'm close enough to 15. No, you're not. You're 14. Why can't I go out with my older friends? Because you're not 18. Everyone else is having a drink. Why can't I have one? Because you're not old enough. We have rules. All right? You have to fight for those battles. And why? Because you do it with love. All right? We do it for love. It's hard. I can tell you from ours, we had a child, our first child was born cerebral palsy. It changes your whole life, the way you think. We had battles with each other, regularly. We had battles with doctors, regularly. We had battles with specialists, regularly. We weren't always right, but we were having the battle we needed for them through love those little battles you have as Chris mentioned last week the phases you go through what are you fighting for see the the greatest threat at the moment to all of us and I work in international trade and we can all go oh gee North Korea Syria Northern Africa all of this type of stuff going on Donald Trump if you put him in that corner all the biggest threats in the world you know they're not the biggest threat is the attack on your family. It's the attack on your family. Through all of these issues from finance, employment, right down to children wanting to go out too early and grow up before they're old enough. All right? That's the battle. All right? One of the military strategies is divide and conquer. If you can divide the family unit... You can then conquer unity. All right? God doesn't want that for us. God said He will protect us. All right? He will protect us through that. Why? Through Jesus Christ. He loves us and showed us how. If you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter. Is it not worth fighting for the family unit? Does that not put some value? on your relationship it's a love story fight for your relationships with your partner who who bought valentine's gifts for their partners this week now i'm not saying yes now i'm not going to embarrass anyone don't be silly but can i tell you something please and i see this a lot in the workplace if you're only buying gifts for your partner on Valentine's Day or birthdays, you got it wrong. That is not love. Children. There's interesting studies that go with children. And do you know the three top things that children have surveyed will tell you what they want to do with their family? The three top, this, these are studies. The first one, play board games. I'm not a board game person, so I dismiss that. Number one, play board games. Keep in mind this is an Australian survey. The second one is 
go to the park. And the third one is, go to the beach. None of them listed even in the top ten, play my video game with Dad. Go to the Xbox and play Mario with Mum. It was all things based around relationships. Fight for it. See, the family unit being divided, financial enemies, employment enemies, all right? You're trying to put kids through school. These days to own a house, you need two mortgages. We're too busy working. We need to fight for our relationships. That doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's, it's not going to be awkward. But God says, fight for your family and I will fight for you and your family. And how do we do it? With love. We don't begrudgingly pick up the cricket and go, oh, come on, out we go. It's through love. And that's not working anymore. It's all right. Probably because it says low battery. Charge them all except for one. So bear with me as I go through, all right? So the four Monday that I wanted to get here, because we do things and say, listen, you know what? There's no point coming here if it's not going to impact you through the rest of the week. There's no problem. It's just a nice social day otherwise if you're not getting anything out of it. First one I want you to do this week, all of this week, I want you to fight for the relationship. I don't know what that looks like for you. Find time to fight for that relationship. The other one is, when I first got married, or on my wedding night, my father came to me and said, David, you'll learn in life with marriage and with children and and, and life experience, only fight those battles you have to win. I went, yeah, good on you, Dad, great advice. I loved it. I plagiarised that through so many reports that I've done in the past and presentations because it's a great cry. And I never really got it until our child was born with cerebral palsy. palsy. Only fight the battles that have to be won. You don't have to win every battle. You don't have to prove that you're in charge with your children. You don't have to win the fight with your partner and just validate why you're angry or that they should have done the dishwasher or they should have emptied whatever, you don't have to win those battles. You only have to fight and win those battles that you have to win. And that will look a little different to you all. Where is God? Some of the greatest fights I've had with my wife and family probably is on the way to church. Just to get here (laughs) or to go to a function. But fight for that battle and God will fight for you. So can I leave you with those two things? Fight for your relationship, whether that's fighting for time, fighting for togetherness, fighting just to spend that extra work with assignments. I don't know, whatever that looks for you. And the second one, all this week, when a battle comes up right before you, determine whether you need to fight that battle. Does it need to be won? And if it does, fight it through. If it doesn't, let it slide. All right? That's not my dog either. <laughs> next week, we go into the next part of that and we'll go through families. Bigger families, are they better? What's the value with bigger families? 
Is there value in being united? And what do we actually call a family? So we'll talk about that next week. You'll have to come back for that. We're going to move into communion shortly, but if you please allow me to, let me pray for you before we do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everything that you've provided for us. We continue to thank you for the rain and that water supply that you're providing. We pray that that goes into our water systems, to those areas that have been torn apart by fire and drought, and not just with the water itself, Lord, but with your peace and with your assistance in whatever form that takes for those people to recover their lives. Help us to fight the battle for them that we need to fight. Help us to love them the way you ask us to love people, Lord, the same way that you loved us. You loved us so much, Lord, that you came into this world to be amongst us, to dwell with us, to share with us, and to provide for us. You came here to build the walls, and you came here to build our walls. Lord, we pray, please, that as we go through this week, You will teach us patience and tolerance to let those battles slide that we don't need to win. But give us the courage and the boldness to fight those battles that we do need to win. Because our family's worth fighting for. Amen.